You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm Scott Dworkin. Today I have Dr. John Gardner, a psychiatrist, who talks to me about why uh, Trump is an actual sociopath. And it is horrifying. He's working on a bunch of different projects right now. But one of the key sites that I want you to visit regarding my conversation is unfitcrowdfund.com. And uh, it's it's just important work. It's absolutely important work. And what he's doing is uh, essential to protect our democracy and keep us safe. Here's my interview with Dr. John Gardner. Dr. John Gardner, welcome to the Dworkin Report. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, I wonder if you could tell uh, you know, our listeners exactly about your background, uh, who you are. Right. Well, up until now, I was more or less a nobody. I'm a psychologist. I taught at Johns Hopkins uh, Department of Psychiatry for 28 years. But uh, as Trump started to rise to power, I started to write about how uh, mentally ill and unfit he is. And once he was elected, uh, we started a movement, Duty to Warn, of mental health professionals who believe that Donald Trump is dangerously mentally ill and unfit and unstable, and that therefore should be removed as president under the 25th Amendment. So our movement got started. We had meetings all around the country. We actually had therapists marching in the streets. Um, We wrote a book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, that was on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, And now we're working on a documentary, Hashtag Unfit. Uh, My producers have asked me to mention that we're actually trying to raise money through a crowdfunding campaign that people can go to, Hashtag Unfit uh, Crowdfund. Um, And uh, we're working to help uh, Democrats win in the 2018 election, because at this point, it doesn't look as if removing him under the 25th Amendment is going to be an option, because we have a supine uh, enabling Republican Party, of course. And so really, the only way we're going to be able to remove him is impeachment. And that's where we're putting our efforts to inform the public about the great danger they're in uh, with Donald Trump. In fact, we just published a book, a second book. Uh, this one is called Rocket Man, Nuclear Madness in the Mind of Donald Trump. And we really raise the ultimate nightmare, which is that we're dealing with someone who is unstable and who is uh, malevolent and who I believe is actually deteriorating in his mental health uh, for a number of reasons. The first is that he has a personality disorder that was first introduced by Eric Fromm, who himself escape the Nazis. To explain the psychology of dictators, it has four basic components. Narcissism, you know, the I alone can fix it. Paranoia, his demonization of minorities, his crazy conspiracy theories. Antisocial personality disorder, or what used to be called sociopathy. So that would be his constant lying, his violation of norms and laws, and his lack of remorse. And finally, the fourth component, sadism. I think we're seeing all of those at work in what's happening at the border right now. Um, And particularly, I think, with a focus on the sadism, that this isn't just someone who is is demonizing minorities, he actually takes glee in uh, causing them harm uh, in a way which is really uh, inhuman. Uh, but that is par for the course for this type of dictator or this type of personality. And everybody was hoping that Donald Trump was going to pivot and become more presidential. But what Eric Frome warned us is that people with malignant narcissism get worse over time, but they particularly get worse when they gain power. That gaining power inflames their narcissism and their paranoia and unleashes them 
to react, to be violent and aggressive towards anyone who gets in their way, who doesn't stroke their ego. Uh, so the natural tendency when these people gain power is not to pivot and become more presidential, but to become more dictatorial and disturbed, right. even right. to the point where it verges on psychosis. So that we really do see evidence of grandiose and paranoid delusions in Donald Trump, whether it's having the biggest crowd size or you know, being bugged by Barack Obama. So that is a deteriorating uh, process. And he's also cognitively deteriorating. Uh, if you look at interviews that he did in the 1980s, uh, he was articulate. Mm -hmm. He spoke in polished paragraphs. He had sophisticated vocabulary. Now he can't even complete a thought uh, without meandering. Uh, his vocabulary is thin. He repeats himself. He overuses superlatives, one sign of pre-dementia. Uh, and so when we see this kind of deterioration from someone's own baseline, the, the best, most logical explanation is some sort of organic process of cognitive decline. So he's not in a state of dementia, but he's probably in a state of pre-dementia, which means that he's going to not only be deteriorating psychiatrically, but also cognitively. And then finally, he's deteriorating because of the stress he's under with the Mueller investigation, which is driving him crazy and driving him to lash out more aggressively and destructively. Uh, and the final factor that's causing him to get worse is one of the re things people reassured themselves about was this idea that, well, you know, he'll have wise people around him to restrain him. And again, I warned that this is a type of personality who cannot be restrained. And in fact, that is what has happened. He has essentially extruded or marginalized all the alleged adults who are going to keep him in control. And uh, basically, at this point, there is no one in the White House who can talk to this guy and say no. So that he is basically, not only is he disturbed, but he's free running. Uh, and um, I think people need to know this, that it really is as bad as it looks. And we really are in danger of either having our democracy destroyed or being killed in a nuclear war. These are not kind of hysterical um, risks. These are real risks. And so 2018 is really do or die for our country. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So with this condition, is and just out of curiosity, is this something that can be faked? Um, obviously, as a professional, you would know best, you know, if someone can actually act like they're this disorganized and their thought processes like that. But you, you're you're basing it on, you know, it seems more fact than uh, hypotheses. It, it, it's not something that can be uh, faked, right? Like it's, it's, it's something you actually can see that uh, is very apparent. Well, I don't. I don't think it can be faked. Um, maybe there are some great actors who could fake it, but then the question is, why would you want to? <laughs> right. Um, but I think people need to understand this is actually a disorder which is untreatable. That's how severe it is, and it's a disorder. You know, people have said, well, haven't there been lots of presidents with this mental illness or that mental illness? And that's true. You know, Lincoln was depressed. I think Bill Clinton was hypomanic, but. This is literally the most toxic, most destructive, most severe psychiatric problem someone could have without being in an institution, and therefore the most dangerous kind of leader that is possible to have. One way of thinking of this, this is actually the psychiatric definition of a human monster. That's not hyperbole. This is actually, a, this is a diagnostic category that describes people who are criminal, who are destructive, who have no empathy for other people, in fact, who take pleasure in harming other people for their own aggrandizement. Truly the worst kind of leader humanly possible. I, I you know, I don't want to define any words that are wrong or anything like that, 
Does it fall within anything like uh, as being a psychopath or a sociopath or anything like that? Like you know it, that. It, so yes. Yes, that is one of the four components of malignant narcissism. So, it, it, you know, it's not just that he's a narcissist. Plenty of politicians are narcissists. Right. That's not disqualifying. But a narcissist who's also a sociopath and a sadist and paranoid, that is disqualifying. Right. No, it seems like that's it's more terrifying than we could ever think. And it's, uh, you know, it seems clear to you that this is this is obviously important to get it out. Um, is this something that you're going to be doing with with other uh, candidates at least evaluating or recommending the mental evaluation of different candidates that are running for office? Well, no. And it, it's not our aim to um, sort of create a new genre of um, politician diagnosis. This is really a black swan event. This is an emergency. This is a once in every 240 year event um, where we have someone who is so grossly and dangerously ill that for the first time in history, we have mental health professionals banding together by the tens of thousands to warn the public that they are at danger, even taking to the streets as we did on October 14th when we had our duty to warn meetings. It's important to realize that Never. Yeah. People say, oh, well, aren't you just doing this for a partisan reason? Well, I'm sure as a group, mental health professionals do tend to be more liberal. And I know most of my colleagues were, you know, grumbled and were angry about George Bush, for example. But no one ever suggested dangerously mentally ill. They just disagreed with his politics. This is a diagnostic issue. This is a uh, mental health issue. This is a medical issue. This is not a political issue. The reason we're mobilizing behind forces that are politically trying to defeat him is because he is a psychiatric risk. Uh, it's a risk to our national security. It's not that we're using it as excuse to, um, you know, band against a, a political view we don't agree with. Right. No, it's uh, it, it's tough to, to see this. Uh, do, you, do you think that this is uh, an, an attitude that can kind of uh, uh, not spread, but, you know, it, it seems like his, his narcissism, I, I don't know, it seems like it, he hires other people who are like him. Are there mm -hmm. any other people yeah. in the administration who are, who are like him? You know, Robert J. Lifton, who was one of the contributors to The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, has been an expert on totalitarian societies for many years, and he coined a term malignant normality. And malignant normality is when you have a malignant leader who actually sort of brainwashes or forms a cult around him so that the society's view of reality starts to shift in the direction of the leader's disturbed view of reality. So basically his madness becomes the new reality for that society. And the classic example would be something like Nazi Germany, but it could also be something like Rwanda, where the, the uh, government on the radio was telling people to go out and, and, and slaughter Tutsis, um, and they did it. So it can happen very quickly in a society that where from the top, reality itself starts to be changed. And of course, that's been Donald Trump's genius, right? That through his Twitter um, account and through Fox News and the right media, he has been able to shift reality so that, you know, where 90 percent of the people believed in the justice of the FBI, now half the country doesn't. Uh, where most people, half the people believe the press was basically honest now, you know, a large portion of the public doesn't. Um, where he really is a master at this propaganda. Uh, and, of course, he has a lot of enablers. And is it is it normal, uh, or are there any other politicians that are current right now, I guess, uh, that, that, that would be comparable to his mental state? 
Eric Fromm believed that this was the sort of basic psychology of dictators. So I think if you look at different dictators in, 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 in current history, current events and, and recent history and past history, you see a lot of these same traits. So uh, whether we're talking about Milosevic or Erdogan or Duarte, um, these are, uh, or, or Kim Jong-un for that matter, uh, and of course, lest we forget Vladimir Putin, uh, these kinds of dictators have these traits in common. So a lot of times people get upset when you compare Trump to Hitler, and I understand because no one will ever be as evil and destructive as Hitler is a Jew. I appreciate that. But we're also led to, to say never again, which means when we see the incipient signs of this psychological type taking power in a society, we need to speak up before it progresses to its fatal stage. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, and you're, um, are you, I guess, you, are you holding events throughout the country in regards to the duty to warn? Uh, we did that on October 14th. It was a lot of work. We're not planning another one. Instead, what we're trying to do is reach out to people on social media, which, of course, is how the Republicans uh, stole the last election. Uh, we're trying to um, do the same thing, but with truth, not with lies, uh, and basically try to reach people through social media to alert them to how disturbed and dangerous uh, Donald Trump is in the hope that we'll alert them to the danger they're in and motivate them to go out and vote. In 2018. And there's a documentary and a book, or I know there's so many people that seem to have been involved from the research that I did and what I looked into. What what can you tell me about, you know, what you guys uh, are trying to spread? You know, what are there videos? Are there, um, you know, different books that you want people to read? Yes, you can. You can. Go to our um, website or our Facebook page for a duty to warn.org. Uh, you can also go to our uh, Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we're making a documentary, hashtag unfit. Um, and there's a crowdfunding a site that gives information about the movie. And then finally, uh, on trumpspotting.com, we have videos in which we describe his psychological symptoms in detail. We have various doctors on videos explaining the nature of the illnesses that he has and why they're dangerous. Uh, and we're encouraging people to go on social media. And when they spot these pathologies, if you see something, say something on social media. If, uh, you know, if Trump were listening right now, which he's not, uh, but if, if he were listening right now, or if you did, you know, you ran into him somewhere for whatever reason, what would you what would you say to him? <laughs> Resign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds about this, right. This Maybe. is not someone who can be persuaded. This is not someone who can be cured. I, I think that's really important to recognize. I actually trained with someone very famous in the psychoanalytic world, Otto Kernberg, who's the most famous person living today in the world, who's an expert on malignant narcissism. And the way he trained us, and this is in our clinical training uh, back in the 80s in New York Hospital, he said, when you realize that a patient is a malignant narcissist, the most important thing you can do is run away. Wow. They're not treatable. They're just going to harm you. In other words, we're really talking about people who are unrehabilitatable. They're just people we need to protect ourselves from. Wow. That's a, a lot scarier than I thought would be. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. 
what what was the turning? Was there a turning point where you uh, saw him uh, say something or do something where you're like, wait a second, this is not this is not okay and this is not normal? Well, I, I think it was there from the beginning. It's because I've had this clinical training that I was able to recognize the signs. But he's always been a, a bully. He's always been a liar. He's always been a, a grandiose windbag. Um, he's always been a selfish, destructive, dishonest person. All of these character traits have been there from the beginning. And, you know, by the way, he's always been a member of the Russian oligarchy right, <laughs> and right. mafia as well. Right. So everything we needed to know was really hiding in plain sight. It was a tremendous um, failure to connect the dots for people to not see what was hiding right in plain sight. Do you think his narcissism is what is going to actually bring him down in the end? Well, in the end, what always brings these types down is overreaching, right? So Hitler invaded Russia. Right, <laughs> you know, right. that's kind of the classic hubris. Like, why would you invade Russia? You know, if Russia is your ally taking over the world, why don't you just accept Western Europe? But no, he wanted to go even further because of his grandiosity. He thought he could even accomplish that. And I think that Trump is also overreaching. I think where we hit the wall was with this separating children at the border. I think that was a, a Pauline moment. You know, in the New Testament, there's a scene where then his name was Saul. He was to persecute the Christians. And then uh, God appears to him on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says the scales fell from his eyes. And he was able to see that it was the Lord saying, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Well, I think when Trump started that separation policy, the scales fell from people's eyes. And then I think the entire country and the entire world was able to see with their own eyes what I've been saying for two years, which is he's not just sick. He's a monster. Right. Wow, you're you're not a good bedtime story guy, are you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's, I'm not. <laughs> it's it's really it's in it's enlightening and it's also terrifying. But you know, I think people need to be aware how serious uh, of a threat this is because I I know the question that people always ask me is, well, he's never gonna kill our kill his own people, right? And other people, right? And I and I what I say is, you know, even. His non-response in Puerto Rico led to deaths. His non-response sure. in other places have led to deaths. And, um, you know, military action in different places has, has led to deaths. And his assistance with others and non-interaction with others have led to deaths. And, you know, it, so it seems like he's he's doing it in the normal way of where, uh, as in the way he does it, where he seems to already be doing that. I You know, where does it... I guess why why don't Republicans intervene at all? It, it, from your opinion, I guess why 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 are Republicans kind of sitting on the sidelines with all of this? At this point, the Republican Party has become organized crime. They are part of this conspiracy. They know that he's uh, in cahoots with Russia. They know he's a traitor. They know he's corrupt. They know he's violated the Emoluments Clause. They don't care. They want power, and they want and they want uh, you know basically rich white men to maintain control of the society for as long as possible. Uh, this is a war from their point of view, and all they care about is winning. They have become psychopathic. They don't have any morals or any standards. And so it's important that we just stop expecting them to do the right thing, to think there'll be some threshold after which they will wake up and the scales will fall from their eyes and they will see how evil and destructive this guy is. They already know it and they don't care. That is crazy. And it, it, so how do you recommend... 
how do we how do we really fight back besides you know voting and, and marching how, how do you recommend people fight back i fight back by meditating every day for at least an hour <laughs> because the more positive for you. more positive i can be the more positive i hope it spreads throughout you know other people i try to be as positive as i can and we're obviously going to tone down a little bit of the rhetoric leading into this weekend's marches but people are really getting frustrated across the country um, and there's a lot of people that, you know, are are angry and feel like their lives are in danger, like their family is going to get separated and they're desperate and they're, um, you know, th- what, what do you what do you say to those folks right now that are uh, that are in fear uh, of being separated from their family and put in a place where they could get killed? I think that. The fear that people are experiencing right now is warranted. There has been a almost uh, social uh, epidemic of anxiety that has swept across this country. You could almost call it a public health crisis or a, a, an epidemic, psychiatric epidemic, because people's uh, amygdalas are screaming, saying, we are in danger, we're in danger, we're in danger, and, and we are. Uh, and so we need to, it's true, it really is all about the election, because if we don't seize political power, we, America will actually cease to exist as a democracy. but So I think that has to be the focus. But that said, I think we should resist in any way and every way that we possibly can. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not, I, I don't agree with Michelle Obama that when they go low, we should go high. I think we should go low, high, and medium, and extra large. There's no way we shouldn't go. I think that if your family and your country is at risk, and you're fighting a fascist totalitarian force, then you either win or you die. There's no holds barred in a battle like that. Right. I mean, I, I play in the mud with these folks sometimes, and, uh, you know, it's it's not always the most fun, especially when they have uh, other adversaries attacking us on the side and they let it happen, North Korea, the Russians, China, um, in regards to influence campaigns and really, I mean, psychologically attacking um, uh people, Americans, uh, for the most part, from what I've seen, um, for different reasons, acting like, you know, they're an American and they stand for Trump and it turns out to be a, a Kremlin-linked bot. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it seems like a lot of those things have been effective um, and, and also, you know, rallying people around around others. Um, do you think, based on what you've, what you've uh, seen on Twitter, do you think that it's Trump actually tweeting from his account i mean obviously it's not like videos and things like that but like with the text that's actually being written um could a person in that in that mindset actually uh carry out that that kind of thought on twitter you mean is this going to start degenerating into actual physical violence this kind of trolling and attacking of anyone who dissents is is that your question more like if if he it, it the the tweets that are going out can a person in his uh, state of, state of mind actually write that or d- would it have to take a you know a staffer or someone else is writing his tweets? Uh, well, I mean, if you look at all the misspellings and weird capitalizations, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's him. I mean, these tweets are psycho. I actually wrote an introduction to a book about his tweets. Uh, and as a result, as part of the research, I had to read hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of his tweets. And it, frankly, it made me physically ill because they were so toxic, just so filled with rage, just so deeply um, assaultive and devaluing and destructive towards anyone and everyone that doesn't um, uh, either agree with him or praise him. And uh, this kind of viciousness, and it is really kind of uh, 
also the sign of kind of a disorganized mind. I mean, he he, he attacks them in such primitive schoolyard kinds of ways. Uh, this is not a sophisticated mind at work. So no, I don't think any, I mean, he does have a, some people that write some tweets for him. And those are usually the ones that are actually complete sentences and kind of make sense. But you can tell that most of them are written by him because they're not even proper English. Dr. Gardner, where can people follow you on social media? Yes, well, I ha- I'm on Twitter, but really go to the Duty to Warn uh, Twitter account and also the Duty to Warn uh, Facebook account, the Duty to Warn Facebook page. Uh, that's where we're on social media. I'll make sure to post that online as well. Dr. Gardner, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for all the work you're doing. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Dr. John Gardner, everybody. Really disturbing stuff there terrifying but it's really necessary for us to hear that's the bottom line make sure you visit his website at unfitcrowdfund.com I'd like to thank my producer Grant Stern for putting this together you can visit our website at dorkandreport.com thanks again for listening keep resisting onward